Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. Last weekend was a <clears throat> excuse me different sort of weekend around here for us. Uh, had some different things going on. It was kind of a missions-focused uh, weekend in, in some way. It started Friday night uh, when we gathered in this room to uh, watch a uh, live stream of missions stories, uh, stories from the past and uh, present or very, very recent past, I guess, uh, of what God is doing around the world in, in countries far away from us. Uh, getting to hear those stories, be inspired by those stories. It was a, a fabulous night. Uh, the present day stories that we heard were actually from people who it would be very, very dangerous for them if their story and their faces and their names made it out into the general internet. Uh, and so they were very careful about uh, getting signups for that event. Um, and we can't just uh, share that event with all of you. Uh, they're sending us some pieces to be able to share with you. And so we will uh, share the pieces with you the, the best we can uh, coming up. Some really, really good and inspiring stories there. And then Saturday night, we were downstairs and we worshiped together uh, and we played board games together. And we just connected, hung out, lots of fun. That was great. And Sunday morning, uh, we got the privilege of getting to hear from two people who used to be in those kinds of uh, countries where uh, their um, identification as a Christian uh, would have gotten them killed. Um, and uh, they were over there for a number of years in a couple different scenarios like that. Uh, and uh, then are back in the States and have been for the last couple years. And so we got to talk to them uh, via Zoom all the way from Chico, California, uh, and get to hear from Phil and JJ as they told their uh, story. Now, again, we don't want that floating around the internet. So we're actually going to take that video and make it private. And we will send out uh, that link via our, uh, our normal email channels and just ask that you not share it. So should you want to go back uh, and watch again, or if you missed it, uh, all kinds of amazing stuff in that. We'll talk a little bit about it uh, this, this morning. So um, if you are not in our email chain system, that sounds awful, a chain system. That's terrible. Our, our normal, e if you're not in, you know what I mean, if we don't have your email address and you're not getting our emails, uh, there's a welcome card in the chair pocket in front of you. Uh, go ahead and write your email uh, on that. Um, if you are visiting with us either in person or online, there's an online welcome card, welcome card there. Uh, if you want to update your information for any reason with us, uh, there's a little black box in the back that that can go in or the online one. Um, and if you're visiting for the first time, we'll send you a little gift to thank you for participating. So at the end of uh, all of that fun stuff that uh, we will build on today, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, Wayne Van Ham came up to me and said, hey, I got to tell you this story. And I happen to know some other stories uh, in Wayne's life. So I'm actually going to invite Wayne Van Ham and Mindy Barney to come up here. Uh, and they're going to share some stories with us. So they're going to grab that microphone in just a second. I'm going to remember what I do with my mask. They're going to come on up. I'm going to haul them up here to the top step uh, because they love being the center of attention. Just kidding. Uh, it's just so that all y'all at home can see them. So uh, Wayne, go ahead and grab that microphone, sir. And then I wants to hear uh, your story. Yeah, come, come on. I, I know. It's scary up here. I, I, I know. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put mine on, but you guys are going to tell your story. Okay. Tell, tell us what happened on the plane on the way home from Buffalo. Well, so um, when, when we listened to JJ and Phil last week, one of, the, one of the things that she said, or they said, really stood out to us. And one of, what they do is when they go out in the morning, one of their, one of their goals is that, 
when they start a conversation with somebody, they try to, to uh, get Jesus into the conversation, okay? So they want, they want to share Jesus, as we should all do. And um, that's actually been one of my goals. So what uh, the story they told was uh, they went into a Subway restaurant and started talking about the cracks in the ceiling, and first thing you know, they're talking about Jesus. I think that's pretty amazing if they can make that happen. Is the microphone on? I don't know. Yes, yes it is. You got to wave this hand and hold that I got to wave this hand and hold that one. <laughs> you guys are making this complicated. I know. So. All right. So anyway, um, we had a, you know, that's one of my goals is every morning when I get up, you know, you have your basic, you know, there's, you know, one of my prayers is every day, anybody, you, you know, Lord, I'll talk to anybody about Jesus, but you got to give me somebody to talk to and help me with the words too so that I can say the right things to these folks. And so um, a week and a half ago, April and I were in New York, and uh, we had a 6 o'clock flight, 6 a.m. flight out of Buffalo. And um, so I'm checking this out of the hotel at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the reception guy down there is all by himself. There's nobody else in the reception at 3 o'clock in the morning. And so I get to talk to him a little bit about Jesus and stuff, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's awesome. So um, we catch this 6 o'clock flight out of Buffalo, and it's like an hour and a half flight into Chicago, and we're kind of like in the middle of the airplane. It's like 30, 40 rows of people, and, and I'm thinking I'm going to catch a little coffee and a little nap on the way in. And so about 20 minutes, oh, I didn't tell you. Mindy and I are both registered nurses, and Mindy works emergency now, and I'm 43 years emergency nurse and retired Army nurse, yeah. So um, we're, you know, I'm like 20 minutes into this flight, and I hear the steward, he's trying to wake up this lady who's like one seat over from me. I'm in the middle seat and she's on the end. And it's like, ah, oh. and you know, she's got arms are kind of floppy, head's kind of floppy, she's a little pale. I'm thinking this doesn't look super. So I uh, give him a few minutes. I'm thinking maybe diabetic, she needs a little sugar, we'll wait and see. And uh, she kind of starts to come around a smidge. And so um, I go over and I, I say, hey, yeah, you know, how about, you know, I get to talking to the husband, and she's not diabetic, but, oh, she just got a pacemaker in, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not diabetic, this is something else, and and so, um, you know, I try to check a radial pulse, and she doesn't have one, and I check her carotid, and so, oh, it's a little on the, like, thready, faint, respiration's a little shallow, she's soppy wet, she's all white, and then she goes into a seizure. I'm thinking, this isn't going well for anybody, so um, I put this lady down on the, in the, you know, I have a whole row to myself, and I put her down on that, and I get to use the oxygen thing, you know, the one they always get to show us on the airplanes, I got to use it, so, so I got the oxygen on her, and I got her feet up, and she actually started getting better, and I was like, wow, this is good, so um, we watched her for a while, and finally, when she got good enough to sit up, uh, we get talking to her, and she says, yeah, she says, I was on a flight not that long ago, and sure enough, I had the same sort of thing, and sure enough, they had to do CPR on the airplane. I mean, you know, I've already got the AED coming for her, you know, it's like we're at that point in the adventure, and um, when they, you know, how they always do on the TV when they say they call for anybody medical to come help and do that kind of stuff, well, the only other person on the plane was the Right behind me, there was a physician assistant. So the, we were all three within one seat of this lady. I was like, wow, this is a God thing. So I'm sitting there praying. I say, God, if you really want me to talk to this girl, this is, um, <laughs> that's a pretty good story. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, I, I prayed about it. And then I got, so I started sharing with her back and forth. And, and um, we were talking, we got to talk about Jesus and God. And, and the, the physician assistant, I said, we're going to pray for you. And the physician assistant says, yeah, yeah, I am too. And we get to talking. And, and, then, um, and then I had been sitting in this middle seat. The lady that was sitting next to 
who had had the, in, the aisle seat, she popped over into my seat, and then April's got her hand, and they're praying for this lady. I was like, crazy good. Anyway, so we get to talk to her on the way, um, on the way, we get to talk to her on the way in about Jesus too. So in the course of, um, you know, before 7 o'clock in the morning, I've got to talk to four different people about Jesus. So I'm thinking, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's I guess, I guess the the end is that, you know, if you pray for it, I mean, it's like I've been praying that prayer for years, but that's the first time I've ever had anything that exciting happen. And so, um, you know, if, if you pray for it and, you know, just you never know what, what opportunities God's going to give you to make the adventure happen. So, and... Um, so the, the other uh, reason... Oh, I'm going to move this way just a bit. The... Uh, other thing that I know about what Wayne does on a more regular basis than just save people on airplanes uh, is uh, he uh, is involved in going to the homeless camp over on Alabama. And so when I talked to him about uh, sharing that story, um, he mentioned that, uh, that Mindy also goes, which I also knew. So uh, I'm going to have him hand the microphone to Mindy, uh, and she's going to, and she's so excited about this, she's going to share with us um, about... Uh, what they do out with the homeless camp uh, over on, on Alabama Street. So uh, what, what, what kind of things do you do for them? What does that look like? Do you, do you go in and save them all? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, so um, as Wayne said, you know, we're both emergency. We've both been in emergency services for quite a long time. Um, and so a while ago, I kind of started ha- you know, throwing this idea around in my mind was that several years ago about creating a street medicine program. I had a colleague at work. Um, that is involved in a street medicine program down in Portland. And um, I thought, well, this would be, that would be super great for our community. Um, but I didn't quite know how to make that happen in um, our conversation. She was saying, I don't know if it would work in Calais County. You don't have quite the same resources. You don't have as many resources. And so I felt a little dejected about that. So um, quite a while went by, and I spoke with a colleague at work who was going through his nurse practitioner program. And he was actually quite excited about um, the idea of doing that. And so in a moment, I had a provider and a nurse that were wanting to do uh, this project. So um, then a few years later, as I was finishing my um, master's capstone, it was last spring, um, I was kind of started kicking this idea around in my mind about making this maybe a project for my master's capstone. And so um, in doing that, I was kind of, I had was doing a Bible study. I'm going to get my phone out because I can't remember. So um, I was doing my master's capstone, and I was going through Acts chapter 5. If I can find it here real quick. And, um, and I was just kind of reading a little bit. And I was trying to, still trying to kick this idea around. And I got to Acts 5 where um, the apostles were before the Sanhedrin. And they were, you know, um, essentially um, going, you know, going to, waiting to hear their fate, what was going to happen to them. And this um, well-respected said, or, what was it? A Sanhedrin, member of the Sanhedrin kind of had stood up. His name is Gamaliel, I think. I don't know. I can't pronounce their name very well. But anyway, he gives this little speech, and at the very end of it, he says, um, he says, um, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose is an activity or of human origin, it will fail. But if it is, of, it is of God, then you will not stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. And I thought to myself, kind of in that moment, like, you know, what do I have to lose? If it's something that Christ has called me to do, then, um, you know, there's nothing that can really stand in his way. So... I went forward, and the first person I contacted was Wayne, because I knew that he was a um, fellow emergency member, emergency nurse guy, and he does a lot of outreach stuff. And little did I know, he was a board member of Core Health, 
And so he said, hey, we already have a team that just started going down a couple weeks ago. And we have this, um, you would fit great into that. And so in a moment, less than a month of starting this program, um, we had an, a medical team and a few other team members that go down. Um, they go down weekly. Our, our medical portion goes down every other week. And we have a pretty holistic team. It's pretty great. Um, I, and along with Wayne and another practitioner, provide, basic, provide for basic health care needs. And then they provide um, assistance with substance use disorders, alcohol dependency, mental health disorders. And then another individual who assists with um, housing and connecting people with um, housing to get them off the street. And I think two points I would like to make is that our only hope is in Christ. You know, in the emergency room, we see a lot of people um, that face a lot of tragedy. And um, with the one thing, I, one theme that I think is there's a lot of hopelessness. And, you know, these programs are great. The things that we do are great, and we have a lot of good things to offer. Um, but the only thing that really can speak to the heart of a person is the Word of God. And so that's what we hope. That's what Wayne and I hope to do when we go down there is to tell people that they have a purpose, that they have value, and that there is a God who loves them and that their purpose is not to be stuck in homelessness. My second thing that I would like to say, my second point, is that God um, has a purpose for you. He has a calling on your life. He wants to use your skills and talents and abilities for our good and his glory. And I, my favorite quote um, is by Oswald Chambers. I learned in college a long time ago was that um, don't limit yourself to who you are without Christ. You know, when I started doing this program, I had kind of these meager ideas of what a program like this might look like. And God took my small vision and put together a team that I, something better than I could have ever really imagined. So that's what I have to say. So if I was to use my quote that I, that I like, <laughs> ha, since she got hers in. Mother, Mother Teresa, God's, uh, what, she, what she said was, God expects, God does not expect us to always be successful, but he does expect us to try. Awesome. Thank you guys so very much. Uh, can you give them a round of applause just for coming up? And it, So good. Um, the uh, the other thing I, I want to mention is uh, Mindy mentioned Core Health, and, and Wayne is on the the board for that. Uh, some of you are aware, uh, maybe many of you are aware of Community House over on Broadway. That is an uh, outreach to homeless. Um, they they bring them in and give them a, a safe place to be. Uh, I believe at last check, it's like fifty ish adults and fifty ish kids. Uh, in, in Community House. Core Health is connected to them, and Core Health does all kinds of things with substance, substance abuse and mental health, um, and they uh, need people who are really good in those fields um, and people who just want to support those who are really good in those fields. Uh, so if you would be interested in plugging into any of those areas, if any of those things uh, kind of uh, tickle your fancy, uh, connect with, with Wayne, ask more questions about Core Health, if you want to go with them to the homeless camp, um, she mentioned a medical team goes, but there's other uh, teams and times that they're going as well. So if you want to uh, just be a part of that or just go with them to see what it is that's going on down there. Um, I know uh, Wayne mentioned last night, you got a bunch of coats in recently. So even things like that, just handing stuff out to people. Um, uh, connect with uh, Wayne and Mindy. Um, if, if you're here, you can connect with them here, uh, or you can connect with them. Uh, their information is in our uh, directory, our, our directory app as well, or you can just contact the church and we will do our best to get you in touch with them. One of the things that stuck out to me as they were just sharing their stories um, is time. 
and how the timing is often not our timing. Um, I mean, Mindy talked about this idea germinating and then years later, it kind of coming to fruition. But when it did come to fruition, it came fast. Now, Wayne talked about how he's been praying this prayer for years and years and years. God, is there somebody that I could be talking to today about you? Would you give me the right words? Would you give me the right timing? Um, and, uh, and years and years of prayer uh, leads to uh, a moment on an airplane as well as many other moments uh, over the years. There, there is a faithfulness to going. Uh, I've been talking to Wayne about his uh, time at the, the homeless camp. He talks about showing up every week for 10 months and they're starting to trust him. <laughs> they're starting to go, oh, may, maybe you can actually do something good uh, good for me. And um, wanting to have conversations about medical needs, wanting to have conversations about Jesus. Um, and the conversation that's most effective is conversation about Tootsie Pops. Like here's, here's a Tootsie Pop. You can have the, they're all over that. And now they'll talk to him a little bit more. And, and it's the, the faithfulness of showing up, of praying the same thing uh, every day, of sticking with some idea, some dream, some purpose that God has uh, given you. Uh, and watching what God can do with it over time and being patient that it may take time. Uh, JJ and Phil, we were talking to them about this uh, idea of a missionary mindset, uh, which is a, a term that we started talking about a couple weeks ago. And we define mindset as just being a set of beliefs that affects your, your perspective and your purpose in life. I mean, a mindset with anything, your, your mindset in sports is going to affect your perspective and, and your purpose in that area. And we're talking about the mindset of being a Jesus follower. And if our mindset is, I am here for this to fill me up, I'm here for this to do for me, whatever it's going to do for me, then your perspective and your purpose will be on you, not on the things that God is calling you to be about, not on him. And the world has shifted around us over, I mean, obviously the world has shifted greatly in the last couple of years, but as far as how the world sees and interacts with the church, how the American society does, the world has been shifting for a very long time. We are not in the same uh, society that we were in 20, 50, 300 years ago. The church does not hold the same place in society. Showing up and saying, I'm a Christian, here's what the Bible says, does not have the same effect that it had 50, 200 years ago. And for many people, that's been incredibly discouraging to say, oh my gosh, we're not the center of our society anymore. God, what are you doing? This can't be right. And what we want to say is that there's very little that we can do about that fact in and of itself. What we can do is pay attention to how society is seeing us and interacting with the church and going, okay, so, and, and I know there's some disagreement about this. Uh, has the church been pushed to the margins or not? Is the church a majority thing? Is it a, a power player or not? And what I want to say for the purposes of this time is Let's just assume that's true for just a second because it doesn't actually matter either way. We come to the same conclusion. Let's say the church has been pushed off to the sides and it's pushed off to the margins and, and we feel very marginalized. We feel like we're not as safe to show up and say, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Christian as we used to be for any myriad of reasons. We know people who have been operating in that kind of world where the church is pushed to the margins to say the least, where it is not safe, like really not safe to show up and say, I'm a Christian. And yet they've been able to love people and serve Jesus and follow his calling on their life anyway. 
And that, of course, is our missionaries, our international workers who have been in these kind of environments for a long time. And we wanted to say, well, what can we learn from them about a mindset, about an approach, about a perspective and purpose for following Jesus? And so we bring in JJ and Phil to talk to us and, and say, okay, when we say missionary mindset, what kind of things come to mind for you? And JJ said, first thing that comes to mind is we need to love all people. And we go, well, yeah, we know the Bible tells us to do that. But no, like we need to love all people. Like that neighbor who drives you nuts because they keep throwing stuff over the fence. And you're like, dude, it's, keep your dog's stuff over there or whatever. Uh, the other coworker that you try to avoid, the family member that you're hoping doesn't show up for Thanksgiving. Like we need to love all the people. She said, we need to see people as God sees them. Whew. We need to see people as God sees them. Not, not as their habits make us see them, not as their hangups make us see them, but we need to see them as God sees them. And she said, and this kind of blew me away. She said, actually, when, when you can get to the point where you see people as God sees them, then Al-Qaeda and being in that environment and loving them is no problem because you see them as God sees them. Amazes me. We need to love all people and see them the way God sees them. Phil talked about, don't be surprised when there is, uh, when fear arises or pushback comes. For a missionary, that's just part of the deal, right? Now, maybe fear of picking up their family and moving them across the world. It may be a, a moment that they find themselves in where their life is literally in danger. Pushback is obvious and going to come. For us, it may just be the fear of, oh man, if I bring this up now, if I turn this conversation, Wayne was talking about turning the conversation, if I turn the conversation this way, man, what are they gonna think of me? What's gonna happen? Do I lose this friendship? What's gonna happen at Thanksgiving dinner? Like this is gonna get awkward. Don't be surprised when fear and pushback come is part of the deal. Now the Bible's really clear. If pushback comes because you're a jerk, <laughs> that's different, <laughs> But if pushback comes because you are doing everything you can to love people and see them the way God sees them and want to share the message of hope that we have in Jesus into a hopeless world, pushback will still come. It doesn't necessarily mean you're doing everything right, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing everything wrong either. Don't be surprised when they show up. And I love that JJ said, it is not our job to save people. It is not our job to save people. That is the Holy Spirit's job. That's God's job. Uh, as Wayne said from Mother Teresa, it is not uh, God's expectation that we will succeed in converting everybody. It's our job that we'll show up, that we'll try. Uh, and then God does the rest. Uh, I asked JJ about her uh, priorities. When we think about missionary priorities, what do we think of? And she listed a number of things that are her priorities. And, and Phil had a slightly different list even uh, the big things that stuck out to me, they talked about, uh, JJ talked about not getting distracted by things that are not eternal. She said, don't get distracted by things that aren't eternal. And she said, the truth is that the things that are dividing us, us being the American church that we are all a part of, the things dividing us right now are not eternal things. And we're getting distracted. And we have an enemy who wants to distract and divide us. And we need to stay focused on eternal things. We need to have God lenses, she said, in how we see things and how we look at the world around us. So that means asking questions like, what is God doing in this moment? When I find myself in the grocery store or on the airplane or at work or even at home interacting with my kids, what is God doing in this moment? And then who has God put around me to connect with? 
Who is around me that, that God has put in my life so that I will love and connect with and share Jesus with them? And I love this word she used. She used the word partner. God wants to partner with us. Does he have to? No. Does he choose to? Yeah. Because then it is a blessing for us as well as the people around us. We get to partner with God in loving the people around us. And she gave this William Carey quote, who was an early missionary, that said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. And if one of those three quotes you've heard this morning doesn't stick with you and change your week, I don't know how to help you. Okay, it's just good stuff. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. And a couple weeks ago, I mentioned how I understood relationships and connections to be a key part of how a missionary goes about their everyday lives. The relationships with the other people on their team, hopefully, relationships with their family, since they're all in this uh, boat of a different culture together, and the relationships and connections with the culture itself, with those that they are trying to reach and love. But Phil and JJ also talked about the importance of being open to whatever God may be doing in the moment, whether it's the cracks in the ceiling at Subway or uh, Phil uh, works uh, one day a week, I believe, like 16 hours a day, I think they said on a, on a Friday. He is an Uber driver. And so he has this opportunity to talk to people in his Uber. Uh, and he told a great story about an atheist being in his uh, car as part of that shift. And he took him to wherever he was taking him. And the guy didn't want to talk about faith. And somehow it came up anyway. And they were talking about it. And the guy was like, no, no, no I'm good. I don't need any of that. And, um, and, and so then somewhere later on that shift, I think, um, Phil picked him up again um, after the guy had visited a bar or six. Um, and he was a lot more open to talking about Jesus at that point, which I don't think we want to extra- extrapolate as a strategy necessarily. Like I don't think we want to do that. But, um, but he had opportunity. God, what, what are you doing in this moment? How much of this conversation is the guy going to remember tomorrow? All those guys, God, God what, are you, what are you up to? So a takeaway for me, is that there's really three areas that I see in which we partner with God to engage in loving the people around us and sharing Jesus with them. So the first one is just opportunities. And I would say we need to have opportunity awareness. And if you like following along by taking notes, uh, there's notes near you. Uh, that's the first one, opportunity awareness. So the person next to you on the airplane the person in line with you, the homeless person on the corner, the customer who walks into your store, what opportunities might God have for you? Or if you're an Uber driver, who might climb into the back of your car once or twice? Be aware of the opportunities around you. Second one I would say is community interaction. Do we actually need to engage with and connect with the community around us? Last Friday night, one of the stories we heard uh, from one of the missionary couples was about walking 10 kilometers in the snow in a mountainous, snowy region, one of those where uh, whole villages get cut off from one another. And they walked six plus miles in the snow to get to one of these communities, one of these little villages, and bring them supplies, yes. But the thing that made the greatest impact was not the supplies they brought, but the fact that they'd come. They hadn't had anybody come to this village in years in the wintertime. No, no outsiders. I said, what are you doing here? And they had an opportunity to tell them why they were there. It wasn't just for the supplies. 
that they got to talk about Jesus with them, engaging with community. JJ talked about going to the least reached places, going to gypsy villages where nobody has, uh, talks about Jesus and most of them haven't heard about him and meet needs, yes, and, and love them and serve them and look for opportunities to talk to them about Jesus, being engaged in the community. Uh, we have people in our church, again, who are uh, connected to homeless camps, to food banks, to all kinds of community organizations, chamber of commerce, all kinds of things. Uh, for my family, uh, three out of the four of us are in the public schools five days a week, and we're at the ballet studio five days a week. And that's sort of the round and round that we do in our lives. And we're engaged with all of these different relationships around us. So how do we actually lean into and engage in those kinds of opportunities that God may have. For you, it could be uh, service opportunities in town, your workplaces, your social hobbies. Truth is, we need to be in community with each other as believers. Being in community is not only good for us, but it's kind of the linchpin where we, in showing up in community, we make ourselves available to the opportunities that God may have for us make ourselves available to whatever it is that God may, may have. If we just sit in our ivory towers and say, I've got Jesus and I'm good, we're gonna miss out on the opportunities God has for us because we're not out in and around the people that he would have us to love and serve and reach. And it also, being involved in community, allows us to get to know people and build close relationships. And that's actually the third category that I put people in, uh, in this uh, engaging and, and outreaching categories close relationships, and I didn't know actually what to call this category. So you can call it friends and family, you can call it inner circle, you can call it personal relationships, whatever it may be, opportunity awareness. There's things going on, and just as we go through the world, there's community that we choose to engage with, and then there's our close relationships. JJ talked about her top priority being her kids, even on the mission field. She said, I, I take care of me so that I'm healthy enough to serve and love others. And I take care of my kids. They're my first ministry. I take care of our team that I'm here with. And then I engage in these least reach places. And that means saying no to some other opportunities, but these are the things that I'm called to do and, and called to be about. So uh, let's get better in all three of these areas, in our awareness, in our interaction, in our relationships. Uh, we are called to follow the example of Jesus in all of these places and ways. And a couple of weeks ago, I read this verse out of uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse two. It says, to live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God this sacrifice that we remembered and um, took place in celebrating uh, just a little bit ago. We are to follow his example. And most of us probably, likely, will not be called upon to actually spill breath and blood to love the people around us. We most certainly will not be called to do that for the whole world. And yet, there is an example for us to follow in how we reach out to and how we love and how we fulfill the purposes God has for us to, in, in the lives of the people around us. So a few years ago, a couple of pastors in the Chicago area, Dave and John Ferguson, were frustrated with uh, the evangelism patterns 
right? The reaching out to other people that they'd experienced. It felt like on one side, there were people uh, who wanted them to be super extroverted and turn every conversation possible toward Jesus. Even if you have to like work it and twist it and get real awkward about it, every conversation has to go that way. And then there were people on the other side who were saying, well, no, actually you don't have to say anything, just serve and love and do the right things. And if necessary, use words. And they were like, actually, we're finding that neither of these is working very well. You know what we should do? We should go check out what Jesus did and see if there's some things in there that we can learn. And as they looked at Jesus's life, they found this pattern of things that happened over and over. And they came up with this little acronym or acrostic, this little framework that I brought up a couple weeks ago. And the acrostic is bless, right? That's B-L-E-S-S, bless. Okay, and, and as I said a couple weeks ago, a couple disclaimers here. One, they stretched it to make it fit, and that's okay. But we just want to acknowledge they stretched it. And two, if hashtag bless is a little bit overused for you, I apologize. But uh, I think it's a helpful way to remember and pattern our lives after the example of Jesus and how we love the people around us. So I want to, uh, I touched on a couple weeks ago, I want to touch a little deeper on it today, just a little bit. And then we're going to take a deep dive into it over the next few weeks. On Tuesday nights, we're going to do a study on the book that those two pastors wrote. uh, And that book is called uh, Bless, uh, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. Uh, So Uh, If you would like to join us for the book study, we're starting this Tuesday. We'll be downstairs in person or on Zoom. You can sign up on our website, or if you get our new Church Center app, download that in your your app store and and tell them you go to East Hills, you'll get connected to all of our stuff. You can sign up to that. Uh, If you don't want to do the book study, I'd recommend getting the book. Um, that uh, this could be a helpful framework for you in how we love and engage with our, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends and family even. Um, so uh, be aware of that. And um, if you have been waiting till the last minute to sign up for the book study because you are a last minute person, we love last minute people, your moment has arrived. You are here. So feel free to, uh, to you don't even have to wait till Tuesday. I will call it last minute now if it makes you feel so. Feel free to sign up uh, today for that thing coming on Tuesday. So let's dive a little bit deeper in uh, tonight. Um, and then if this sort of, uh, you want to know more, want to start uh, ingraining these things in your life, uh, sign up for that book study. So uh, we'll run through this really quick. B is for begin with prayer. All of these things begin with prayer. Prayer is the acknowledgement that I am partnering with God. I'm not doing this on my own. Prayer is the acknowledgement that I need to be led by his spirit, by Holy Spirit, not, not by my desires because my desires sometimes will lead me to do great things for God and sometimes they will lead me to eating chips and salsa and sitting on the couch watching a football game all day. Like I, I need to follow, not that that's terrible, I just... My desires would lead there more than they should. So uh, I, I need to be following his desires and prayer is the acknowledgement of that, the acknowledgement that I need his courage and his conviction to be able to do this well. Prayer is asking for these opportunities and for the Holy Spirit to make me aware of them. Praying for my community, for God's blessings on our community, for conviction, for hope, for joy, 
for peace. In fact, if you will indulge me for just a moment to pause here as we race through these things, um, I would love to ask you to close your eyes. I promise not to throw anything at you. And I would like you to picture as best you can Cowlitz County at peace. What does it look like? What does it sound like? You can open your eyes. I believe that moment is possible. The bad news is we can't make it happen. The good news is God can. And prayers are acknowledgement that we want it, that we believe he's capable of it, and that we recognize we can't do it on our own. We also pray for those we are in close relationship with, our friends and our family, our neighbors. Uh, in, in fact, um, let's, let's be real, not, uh, well, a lot of us don't know our neighbors by name, okay? And maybe you know the house, next, the house on either side of you or, or near you. Some of you are really great. You like know your whole block. Uh, most of us, uh, we, we maybe know the people next to us and, and we know some faces, right? Like you're driving down the street and you wave at them every morning because you guys are leaving for work at the same time or whatever, but you don't actually know their name. Uh, you do have an opportunity if you want to pray for them by name. There is a website called blesseveryhome.com. And as far as I can tell, the bless book and the bless every home, different things. But blesseveryhome.com uses publicly available information to send you an email, if you'd like it, every day, saying here's five people who live near you, uh, their addresses, so you know what the house is, and their name. And I gotta admit that I feel a little bit weird about this. There's something about it that feels sort of invasion of privacy-ish, but it's all publicly available information, and I think the thing that I'm most afraid of is that I'm going to wave at somebody and actually call them by name, and they're gonna go, how do you know my name? Uh, But uh, other than that, I'll try to keep all the filters straight, but uh, there is an opportunity there to pray for your neighbors by name if you would like. And of course, praying for friends and family. We, be, we begin with prayer. And then L is for listen. We are listening to the needs of the people around us. We are listening for Holy Spirit to point out opportunities for us. We are listening to others to help them feel valued and heard because there's something about simply listening to somebody in a world where we are so quick to talk and shout at each other, to simply listen and let somebody feel heard helps them also feel seen and known and treated like a person. So we listen and we value them. Jesus asked a lot of questions and he met a lot of very practical needs. In fact, even the story I read earlier before we took communion uh, Jesus went off, he followed this pattern. Jesus went off to pray before he called any of his disciples. He listened to what God called him and to who God called him to. He was listening to them and their needs. Matthew gets called out of the tax collector booth and, and the first thing he does is he invites Jesus to hang out with his other friends who are also a mess. <laughs> and he said, would you come and eat dinner with us? And Jesus listens to them and he hears their needs and their heart. In fact, the, the next uh, one on this list, begin with prayer, listen, and then E is for eat. E is for eat, which um, many of us really like this step. Uh, look, this does not have to include food, um, unless you're in youth ministry, and then it has to include food. But for most, this does not have to include food. This is any 
personal social interaction, okay? So uh, this may be sitting around a dinner table and there is something about sitting around a, a table eating with people that's just a little different. So it may be eating, but it may also be uh, hanging out watching a football game or uh, a knitting circle or some other hobby y'all do together. Uh, a Bible study even, we, we engage um, in some personal social uh, interaction. We, we play together, um, play games, eat, hang out, learn together. And then the, the next uh, S is serve, is serve. We um, serve the people around us. We serve with the people around us um, and we engage uh, with our community. And I believe that relationships hit a, a, a new point of depth and connection when you play and serve together. There's something that bonds people together in a, in a different, deeper way. Now, I also think that there's a level below that a, a deeper level and more connected level. So you play, to ser- play and serve together, you get connected. When you are vulnerable together or when you endure something together, you're connected on an even deeper level. And the last S in this BLESS acronym is story. You share your story. You share the story of Jesus. And as you share it in a vulnerable way, you create uh, connections with other people. You deepen your relationships. But as you are willing to vulnerably share your Jesus story and talk about how you've been vulnerable with Jesus, it gives other people permission to be vulnerable with him as well and to believe that he would accept them in their story. The hard part of that uh, is you may have to go first. Uh, A lot of us are fairly comfortable following somebody else's vulnerability bar. Like they go, okay, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna be this vulnerable. Okay, well, I will step just short of that because I'm not gonna go to you, but I'll, I'll be right here. You may have to set the bar. You may have to go first. We may have to be willing to be vulnerable with our story and the story of Jesus in our lives so that others can be vulnerable and show up and say, okay, uh, man, if God is willing to accept their mess, maybe he's willing to accept mine as well. We, we bless people. I, th- I, I think these ideas... And, and there are a number of different ways you can think through patterning your life after Jesus. This is just one of them. But I think these ideas could help us follow his example, be more open to what God is doing around us, more engaged in partnering with him in our community, um, and just a better follower of Jesus with our friends and our family. JJ said, you, you wanna know how I'm doing as a Jesus follower, who I am as a Christian, don't ask the people in the gypsy villages that I show up to and, and intentionally love them. Uh, ask my kids, <laughs> ask my husband. Like they, they're the ones who, who know. I mean, these, these practices of prayer and listening, eating together, serving, sharing our stories, being vulnerable with each other, this makes for better friendships and better families as well as we follow Jesus together. So let's start here. As we go into our week to bless those around us, let's start here. We're gonna begin with prayer. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Uh, Pray for yourself, yes, uh, that you would be more aware, more engaged, more courageous, more vulnerable. And I promise you, God will answer that prayer whether you like it or not. (laughs) So pray for yourself, for your courage and vulnerability. And then pray for the people around you. 
Pray for your neighbor, your coworker, your family. Maybe pick one person to pray for that God would bless them and would help you love them better. If you're not sure which person to pray for, uh, whoever it is that you go, oh yeah, I'm not praying to love them better. Start there. Start there. So as we go into our week, uh, let me pray for us to get us started as the worship team comes up. Father God, would you make us more aware of what you are doing around us? Would you give us the courage and motivation to engage in the world around us? Would you give us the courage to be vulnerable, to share our story, to share what you've done in our lives, to share your story with the people around us so that they can know of your love and your grace, your truth. They can know that you want to be in relationship with them. God, would you do whatever you need to do in us so that what spills out of us is a better following of the example of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.